0: In 1976, a girl in Tennessee was born without a face. She was otherwise physically healthy, um, but where her face was supposed to be was only a shapeless mass of wet mucous membranes. There was a ragged opening for breathing and feeding. People who saw this child were stunned in silence. Many shielded their faces with their hands and turned away. Others gasped and cried. Soon a hospital supervisor instructed all those who cared for the faceless child to treat the little girl like any other newborn patient. Her name is Alice, he said. I don't want to hear any more talk about her appearance. Alice's mother was a frightened, unmarried teenager. She was not mature enough to care for her daughter's overwhelming needs. Alice was going to require years of patient, skillful attention, including many operations. Surgeons would have to build a whole new mouth for Alice, try to form for her a nose. One strong, Faithfield woman took an interest in Alice. Her name was Thelma Perkins. She was a nurse at the hospital where Alice spent much of her early years. Miss Perkins would hold and cuddle Alice, feeding her through the opening in her head. I've held enough babies to know when they wanted love, Thelma said, and Alice needed a lot of it. Thelma and her husband Ray agreed to become Alice's foster parents. Ray patiently taught Alice how to walk. After many months, Alice could navigate the house by hooking her thumb in Ray's pocket and walking beside him. Both Ray and Thelma would also help Alice navigate around the thoughtlessness of people who were disturbed by her outward appearance. At Sunday school one morning, a woman seeing Alice for the first time, blurted out, who's that monster? One of Alice's classmates replied, that's Alice, ma'am. And took Alice by the hand and led her into the classroom. After a number of years, Ray and Thelma Perkins were able to adopt Alice. She's always been my little girl, Thelma said. The paperwork just made it official. The last I know, Alice was alive in 2013. Um, That's when her dad, Ray, died. She has no eyes. Alice cannot see, could never see her mom and dad. But if she could, she would behold two faces full of grace and love. She would behold two individuals who lived out the words of the apostle in 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 to 16, where John talks about our bearing witness to the face of God. And so this is God's word to his people. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love has been perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit and we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son as Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God and we have known and believed the love that God has for us. GOD IS LOVE, AND HE WHO ABIDES IN LOVE ABIDES IN GOD AND GOD IN HIM. I AM SURE EACH OF US RECOGNIZE THAT THE TRINITY IS A GREAT MYSTERY. The doctrine of God as being three in person while only one in substance is beyond our comprehension. And yet the Trinity helps for us to rightly understand, make sense of God's creation and God's redemption. You see, an eternal solitary God has nobody or nothing to love except for self. But being triune means that God is inherently sharing. It is why God creates. His love is not for keeping. His love is for spreading. Michael Reeves says, Here is a God who is not essentially lonely, but who has been loving for all eternity as the Father has loved the Son and the Spirit. Loving others is not a strange or novel thing for this God at all. It is the root of Of who he is. Yes, church, God is love. But if God is from all eternity love and if creation is born from his free choice to share his perfect love, how are we to understand the origin of evil? God did not give his absolute perfections to his creation. HAD HE DONE THAT, THE LORD SIMPLY WOULD HAVE BEEN MAKING mini SO GOD GAVE HUMANITY A REAL EXISTENCE, AND FOR HUMANITY NOT TO BE ABLE TO CHOOSE DISOBEDIENCE WOULD REDUCE MEN AND WOMEN TO MACHINE PROGRAMMING. ONLY YOU AND I WERE NOT MADE AS ROBOTS. CONSIDER THE FIRST PART OF THE PARABLE OF THE PRODIGAL SON IN LUKE CHAPTER 15. THERE, THE FATHER LOVES ENOUGH TO LET HIS CHILD FREELY LEAVE, BUT HE ALSO LOVES SO MUCH TO LET HIS SON RETURN. SO AT CREATION, WE WITNESS AN OUTFLOW OF GOD'S PERFECT, TRIUNE LOVE. ONLY OUR FIRST REPRESENTATIVE PERVERTED GOD'S SHARED LOVE AND SIN ENTERED THE WORLD. Adam and Eve freely chose the proverbial pigsty. Only the creator who shared his love through creating would go on to share his love all the more through the work of redemption. The deepest revelation of God's love takes shape through the sending of his son to be a propitiation for our sins. Because God so loved the world, just as we are free to turn away from him like prodigals, we are free to return to him as a father, as sons and daughters. If we do that, we will be dramatically changed by God's love. In fact, when Christ returns, 1 John chapter 3, verse 2 says that those who have confessed him as Lord will be made like him, At that point, all things will be made new and glorified believers will no longer be able to sin at all. We will be holy as the Lord is holy because we will have confessed Jesus Christ as the Son of God. Not robotically, not as machine programming, but by free choice. Bear with me for just a a bit more for some theological reflection. It's, It's necessary. In Exodus 33, verse 20, the Lord says, You cannot see my face, for no man can see me and live. We know from John 4, 24, that God is spirit, so that no one has ever seen the literal glorious face of our Heavenly Father. But this verse from Exodus is best worked out by the way we interpret the words and live. I BELIEVE THE MOST ESSENTIAL POINT IS THAT NO ONE CAN SEE THE FACE OF GOD AND SIMPLY CONTINUE AS IF EVERYTHING WAS NORMAL. LOOKING INTO THE FACE OF GOD WILL CHANGE US IN DRAMATIC WAYS. IF MY READING IS WRONG, WHAT ARE WE TO MAKE OF EXODUS 33 VERSE 11 WHERE IT SAYS THE LORD WOULD SPEAK TO MOSES FACE TO FACE AS ONE WHO SPEAKS TO A FRIEND. You see, in both verse 11 and verse 20, we must understand that the reference to God's face is anthropomorphic. That simply means giving human characteristics to God to better help us comprehend Him. And yet, that which is most beautiful about God is love is that He did not choose to merely communicate to us in ways that we can understand. No, God is love because in his redemptive plan, he would physically come to us. Do not forget the father runs to receive the prodigal. In verse 19 of 1 John chapter four, the apostle makes it known that we love God because God first loved us. And this love is shared when God runs to us through the incarnation. It is why John begins this letter in the opening two verses in this way. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The life was manifested and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life, which was with the father and was manifested to us. So it is that the invisible God was made visible. Paul says in Colossians 1.15, Jesus is the image of the invisible God. In the prologue of his gospel, John writes in chapter 1, verse 18, No one has ever seen God but the one and only Son who is himself God and is at the Father's side has made himself known. In John 14, 18, Philip said to Jesus, Lord, show us the father and it is sufficient for us. Jesus replied, have I been with you so long and yet have you not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the father. So how can you say, show us the father? Stephen Shortridge tells a story that Dr. Richard Seltzer shares about the love between a young married couple. Dr. Seltzer had to surgically remove a tumor um, from the wife, which required that he cut a facial nerve from her beautiful face. In doing so, one side of the woman's mouth drooped. Post-surgery, the husband entered the room knowing that her face would forever remain in that state. And Dr. Seltzer explains what happens next when he could not escape the intimacy of their moment. The husband smiled reassuringly and said, I like it, it's kind of cute. All at once, Seltzer continues, I know who he is. I understand and lower my gaze. Unmindful, the husband bends down to kiss her crooked mouth, and I am so close I can see how he twists his open lips to accommodate hers to show that their kiss still works. Shortridge concludes that God, just like the husband in that account, bends down to kiss our twisted mouths by twisting his own lips for us. So all at once, we know who He is. Even though we are all crooked and twisted, God bent down to us through the manifestation of His Son. If you want to know what God is like, look no further than Jesus. If you want to learn about the shared love of God, read about Jesus. One of my favorite stories in the gospel of Mark is the blind beggar Bartimaeus and his encounter with Jesus in chapter 10, verses 46 to 52. It is the last miraculous healing that Mark records in his gospel, and it is of a desperate blind man. Bartimaeus has never seen anything, but he had clearly heard about Jesus. Otherwise, he would not have cried out over and over again with the messianic title, Son of David, Son of David, have mercy on me. Now, for just a moment, Think about what Bartimaeus would have opened his eyes up to see. The very first thing this blind beggar saw was the face of God. For we to know, for we to not know, for we to see the face of God, wouldn't we like Bartimaeus be instantly changed? He could not behold the face of God and simply continue as if everything was normal. Looking into the face of God would dramatically change him and it should dramatically change us. The truth is that any authentic relationship with God involves change. We cannot look at the face of God and carry on with life as if everything is normal. We cannot look upon the face of God and just live. We must share love. John says that sharing love is a necessary byproduct of God abiding in us and us abiding in God. In fact, that word abide appears five times and verses 12 to 16, God literally shares himself with us. Jesus told his disciples in John fourteen sixteen to 18, and I will pray to the father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And so let's move from the theology of it all to what this practically means for you and me. Just like God is spirit and we cannot behold his face, the incarnate Christ is no longer visible to us. Jesus shared the full glorious love of God by dying on the cross for those who crucified him. He was then raised from the grave By the power of God's love, and he ascended to the right hand of the Father in perfect love. So what are we left with? God, who is love, is no longer seen or touched as when Christ walks the earth. But friends, the Holy Spirit abides in you. And we walk this earth. John is thus drawing from what Jesus had emphasized among his disciples. They will know we are Christians by our love. More literally, John 13, 34 to 35 says, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. How? If you love one another. Seeing the face of God now depends upon the evidence of Christ's love lived out in the presence of the Holy Spirit who abides in the church, who abides in us. Lee Jean-Roc is a Korean pastor in South Korea who saw a devastating problem and thought of a way to change it. Hundreds of unwanted babies are abandoned on the side of street in South Korea every year and Pastor Lee wanted to set up some way to save the lives of these precious babies So he built a little box on the side of his home with a humble side, sign that read Please place babies here His aim was to provide a life giving alternative for desperate mothers in that city. He even admits that he did not expect that babies would come in, yet he was mistaken. The babies came. In the middle of the night, in the middle of the day, they came, some babies with notes, some babies without a single word. One mother left this heart-wrenching note with her baby. The English translation follows, I used to think about something bad, But I guess this box is safer for you. That's why I decided to leave you here. My son, please forgive me. Yes, even a little box is a safer place than the plans that once haunted that mother's mind. Because of Pastor Lee's baby box, she chose life. Natalie Brumfield writes, Korea is not the only place that deals with child abandonment. Globally, millions of children die from abandonment. It takes different forms from country to country. How can this not move you? In the United States, abortion serves as our abandonment purposes. Our nation is still struggling to see that these babies are human beings who deserve to live like any other human being. Yet with incredible men and women like Pastor Lee, this world is seeing how life can be for these babies when we take them in, when we become a voice for the ones that cannot speak up for themselves. They are loved, they are cherished, and they are worthy just the way they are. That is true of every child born and unborn. They are worthy of life and they are worthy of love. The story of Pastor Lee John Rock and his baby box reached the entire world with a 72-minute documentary called The Drop Box. It was made by a young 22-year-old, Brian Ivey. My wife, as she was trying to open my heart to God's heart for adoption, took me to see that film when it was released for limited viewing in the United States. That documentary moved me, but it took a number of more years for me to say yes to sharing God's love in such a way. But no doubt Pastor Lee's story is of seeing the face of God's love. Brian Ivey was stirred to do that documentary after reading an article in the Los Angeles Times about what Pastor Lee was doing. But you see, Ivy only went over there to make a movie because he wanted to make a name for himself in the film industry. And yet after seeing the testimonies of this orphanage up close, Brian Ivy's life was dramatically changed. These are the words that this young director said. I became a Christian while making this movie. When I started to make it and I saw all these kids come through the Dropbox, it was like a flash from heaven. Just like these kids with disabilities had crooked bodies, I have a crooked soul. And God loves me still. When it comes to this sanctity of life issue, we must realize that faith in God is the only refuge for people who are deemed unnecessary. This world is so much about self-reliance, self-worth, self-esteem. It's a total illusion that we can be self-sufficient. Christ is the only thing that enables us. Ivy saw the face of God through the ministry of Pastor Lee. He saw the face of God because Pastor Lee loved like Jesus. Alice quote-unquote, saw the face of God through the love of her adopted parents, Ray and Thelma Perkins. Alice glimpsed the face of God because Ray and Thelma loved her like Jesus. Valen often asked Brooke and me, how much you love me? Brooke responds in different ways, but my favorite, all the way to India and back amid a global pandemic. I pray that Balin sees the face of Jesus through the love of her mom and dad. designated this particular Sunday as Orphan Awareness Sunday. The truth of the matter is everyone who has not known and believed the love that God has for us is an orphan in need of being dramatically changed by seeing God's face. I want to say that again. Everyone who has not yet seen and known the love of God is an orphan and needs to see his face. And so it makes me think who's going to see the face of Jesus in you? Who's going to see God's love lived out? Practically? Through his church. Pray with me. I am a selfish man, God. I love myself too much and others too little. Grant unto me, Spirit of God, today. A deeper more abiding faith that seeks to manifest your love Jesus to a dying lost world this is my prayer I pray it for myself I pray it for your people I pray it for a nation where we have lost our way. Give us love, Christ. Give us your love. And let it shine. Oh, let it shine. through The way we treat one another. I pray this Christ in your name be glorified through your people Amen. How deep, how deep the Father's love for us. That is our song of response this morning. Hymn 101, I invite you to stand. And if you need to make a decision today, um, for Christ, the altar is open. Stand together.